Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Looks so pretty. Thank you so much. Gosh, wow, wow. Has it been like weeks since you've done your hair? Um, you have so much hair. It's the first time I've curled it because normally what I do is I just put like air cream, uh, air styling. Cream? Yeah, it's called oh. air cream. The, br- the brand's like Kathleen something from Target and it's meant to just be like texturizing. And so with my curly hair, it's just wet, put a little of that cream in it walk out the door and then I just go like natural curl. But today I actually put the curler. Right. Wow. I feel so special. It. Oh, you know, <laughs> it's Friday. I know. Right. Okay, everybody. Hello. Welcome to humble and hungry. I'm your friend, Natalie Poucher. Um, I have my beautiful cousin on Tanya. Hello. Hi. It's so weird when you say my name. I know it is really weird. What, what, am, I, what am I supposed to call you? The fourth sister? No. <laughs> well, I like, I love that, but I don't know. Like, I never hear you call me Tanya unless we're in like a public setting. Like, I just have vivid memories of you and I in Vegas, and you'd be like introducing me, and you'd be like, Hi, this is my cousin, that uh, Tanya. And I, I know, just kind of giggle. And I then, know. Do you remember that Fullerton party we went to, and the guy I told him my name was Tanya. Oh, yes. We said this story. And, <laughs> oh, my God. Have we? It's like my yeah. favorite story. I know. It really it's, it's a, it gets the party going. But that's also like like when you're like when your significant other or your kids call you by your name, like Piper said my name the other day and I was like, that is weird. And you should not call me that. Like, that's just odd. I am mom. I am not Natalie. It's just, yeah, that is weird. It's, it's probably weird for them too. When they find out that your name isn't mom. Yeah. I don't remember when I found out my parents' names actually now thinking about it. Well, obviously you. Yeah, I know. my mom has the same name as me. So I found out anytime I needed to buy something, she'd be like, here, take my ATM card. And I'd be like, why did she, do we know why she called you the same name? Is it like a, a narcissist great, thing? <laughs> I was going to say, this is a great lead into what we wanted to kind of talk about today. Why? I thought about that. I'm like, would I name my kid Tanya too? No, I would never call my name Natalie, uh, my kid Natalie. I find I mean, it I re- so weird. I actually really like my name now, so I kind of want to name my kid Tanya, but I also would like, never want to do that Let them have their own child. identity. Yes, but then it's nice when you want to use their credit card. So, mm. but yeah, now that's you even more reason. A, you can just give a kid a credit card in their own name if you want to. So, I've been reading. I mean, Instagram is so good for just like educational things, but I've been seeing so many like business things about like how to make your kid 
you know, a millionaire by the time they're like 30. And it's like, yeah. you know, raise their credit by adding them to the thing, put them on mm-hmm. your payroll and pay them 12, you know, hundred dollars yeah. or yep. 12,500 a year. Like all these mm-hmm. tips to basically set your kids up. But then a part of me feels like lazy motherfuckers. No, you guys need to work <laughs> and you need to earn. Like, I, I hate the idea of, of leaving Piper millions of dollars. Like I, hate that idea. And I don't know if it's because I'm like a little jealous and envious that that didn't happen to me, but a part Mm -hmm. of me just feels like, I don't know. I want you to sort of like hustle and, and like work for it and not just like sit back on your laurels and just be like, yeah, I know I got money coming to me. So I don't really have to do shit. Like follow your passions, follow your dreams, like be successful. And by the way, maybe you don't want to have a lot of money and you want to just like live off grid and travel the world. I don't know. You know, who's on that train? Hmm. Ashton Kutcher. I feel like a lot of people are like, no, I want my kids to work for what they have. This is my money. This is my thing. Yeah. They're, Steve Harvey too is like, no, I'm rich. You are not. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They say, and I'm really conscious of this too, is that the third generation always ruins the business, like the family business. Yes. I've heard because that. Because the first person who runs it, they're like hustle their butt off. The second one, second generation watch the first one work their ass off. And they're like, I've got to keep this up. The third one is like entitlement. That's an overstretch, but that's the general posture, right? Yeah. And they didn't watch the hustle. They didn't watch the sacrifice. You lose the culture. You lose, yeah. yeah. You lose, you lose like the ethos of like why this started in the first place. And then it just starts to become literally just about the money and the, and that that's like the devil working in you. Yeah. I don't like it. I, I worry about that too, even culturally, like with our Hispanic heritage is how do we pass that like, salsa the spiciness on to our kids as it kind of for lack of a better word gets diluted yeah Yeah. like I I want to send my kids to Mexico for like a month or like go as a family and be like enriched in the culture for because like even when we go to Mexico we come back and we're like oh we have all the like the buzzwords and you know know. and then we get here and we're like hey I know it's so true. Well, I'm doing a terrible job because I don't speak to Piper in Spanish because again, it's very difficult when your significant other is, doesn't speak the language. So it's like, you just innately want to speak to them in that language. Um, and I feel like we also weren't, um, I mean, although we were raised in our household speaking Spanish, we still went and lived our lives and, you know, you did the college thing. We lived on our own and we were speaking English. It wasn't like we were still living with our moms until we were 30 speaking Spanish and with our grandmothers and like that very like, you know, cultural kind of upbringing. And so for me, I don't just naturally want to speak to her in Spanish, but then when we go to Mexico, I'm like, Oh my God, it's so beautiful. I need to do it. So that's why I want to put her in dual immersion. But it's like, why am I going to spend $3,000 a month when I could be doing that myself? It's like, it's a real hard, like struggle. How long before she goes to kindergarten? She has another year. Okay. So, but this is like the time she's three, like she's almost four. This is the time to like really speak to her because she's just absorbing all of it, but it's just so hard. I know. I mean, I don't know, but I can imagine, but that's like a thing that I want to be held accountable to when I have my kids like they, that, and I'm getting a live in nanny who only speaks Spanish. Yeah. I mean, it's smart. If you can afford it. Yeah. Obviously. Yes. Do it. Um, (laughs) But mama can't afford that right now. Okay, so let's do a little housekeeping for everybody. What's going on with you? How's life since last time we talked, which was literally in Oaxaca? 
Um, life is interesting. I will probably come on here and tell you guys about the week that I've had, but I'm still processing my week, but I've had some things go on with my uterus and I just haven't really processed it yet. So today had a lot combos. of uterus talks this week. Yeah. And you guys have a lot of uterus talks too. So, um, I'm like just trying to take care of myself physically and then take care of like my mental and emotional, everything else capacity. Cause not only did I have my own medical issues this week, but I also had a really good friend of mine. Her mom passed away suddenly. So this is somebody I went to high school with. Like we've, you know, we did, we did high school together. We would go to her house and we got in trouble for having parties there. And then, you know, we went to college, we graduated yeah. college. We've seen them at weddings and like, we watched them grow old and they watched us grow older too. Yeah. So it, it's just a, we, a weird, it was just been a weird week and time in life to just, you know, with just Jackie. Rocked and the you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then like having other people get pregnant and then having, watching somebody that you know, that could be you, like that could be our mom or our dad passing suddenly like a lot of life and death a lot of like oh my full god, circle just, moments it, this week yeah oh my god a totally. lot of like and then i'm turning 35 this year and there's just like it's just there's a lot a lot there's, it's a lot yeah um are you how are you one, processing all of that just like the the age thing and like just life and the circle of life and all that honestly i'm normally really good with this stuff but just this week has just been it's not too much it's just the reality of it is very real and raw mm -hmm. that like time is passing and there's the ability to comprehend that as a concept. And then there's the actual feeling of it and the witnessing of that reality be true. Right. Cause one thing is like, you talk about it all the time and it's like, Oh yeah, yeah we're going to get old one day. Our parents are going to die one day. And then all of a sudden shit starts to happen. You're like, Oh my God, it's, we're living it. Like this is, right now. this yeah. is it. This is what, or we even, have to, yeah. even when we're like YOLO or like, you, you know, you only, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're just like, yeah, let's do it. Life is meant to be lived like full throttle. And right. they're just kind of like euphemisms that you say, but then it's like, no, literally like every single day is so valuable. And then that also adds a lot of pressure. Like there's only so much time. And so now I feel like overwhelm and anxiety and like paralysis of, well, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I want to do this, but like life is so short. So I have, I must have to do all of it today. Right. Because but you also know that you don't have to do it all today, but at least, but, but maybe instead of, instead of it being an anxiety, maybe it's like an exciting thing and saying, okay, I get to do all these things now. Like now it, I'm, it's almost like invigorated with all the, the possibilities of what you can do. Yeah. And that's like a great perspective, but it's harder to uh, implement when, when, like, that. It feels like shit hits the fan mm -hmm. in all these different aspects. It's just an overwhelming feeling to be like oh but tomorrow will be a new day and it'll be fine right but like it's today is one of those it was like holy shit like yeah it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot to be a human and there's no handbook to any of it and everyone is just figuring it out and that's the crazy part is that we're all just figuring it out i don't think anyone has ever figured it out yeah and then now i'm like trying to balance how do I live my own life, but also be a caregiver to my parents mm -hmm. who I don't want to be a caregiver for? <laughs> right. But then also, you know, life they're, not gonna, they're not going to be around tomorrow. forever. Exactly. Right. 
it's that weird balance. And do you do this? I do this thing where I feel like everyone's going to die tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I think I, I think about every single day. I'm like, my parents could die today. Yeah. Like I, and so what I do is I, I always save, it's just the spirit thing. Whenever I get a, a voicemail from someone that I love, I just save one voicemail of theirs because I'm like, if they die tomorrow, I can like go back and hear their voice. It's like, it's weird. Is that weird? Oh no. I think about that all the time when my mom sends me voice messages and I'm like, oh, I'm going to really like that one when she's dead. Yeah. Oh my God. Me too. <laughs> Which maybe it's, and I'm always like, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss when she does this. Like, even yeah. if it's annoying, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to miss her narcissism. I, I really too. am. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Which <laughs> I think we I say that with that. love mom. Don't, yeah. cause I know she listens. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Well, <laughs> and now my mom's going to hear this. No, Swear. she won't. Yes, she will. There, anytime I tell you anything, I just assume you're going to tell your mom and your mom's going to tell my mom. And every well, single time. My mom, my mom actually listens to the show. She's like my only supporter in She's my family. So, yeah. <laughs> she is. She's like the first one to comment like, hi, Mika. That was such a good show. You're so inspiring. I love you so much. I'm, like, I'm going to miss that one day. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good accent. Of her oh, thank you. I'm very good at them. <laughs> um, well, then maybe this is good for her to hear too. One of the things that I've been working on in the last two months since Oaxaca, I've been reading, I read a book about holistic, it was a holistic uh, psychologist and like doing the work and realizing patterns and things. And I've, I found this lesson out a lot earlier in life where at least in my experience from my mom and I's relationship, I, when I was younger, around 15, there was a period of time where I stopped talking to her because she was doing things that were like incredibly toxic. And, um, at 15 in Mexican culture, you have a quinceanera. So I had a very elaborate, high stress quinceanera, very similar to a wedding. And it was really the fulfillment of a dream for my mom of being able to have a quinceanera, because I don't think any of our moms were able to have a elaborate beautiful quinceanera so yeah, my, my mom talks about it till this day that she just and that's why she wants to have a very lavish wedding for each and every one of us so yes yes uh and in conjunction with that high stress event i was also hitting puberty and be I'd like after that segment you become a woman and so you start dating you start doing all these things but ever since i was little i've always been very independent and my parents have been separated my dad is very trusting very liberal very like you're a mini adult, you're your own human. And my mom is very control free, control every OCD, like every little aspect of my upbringing she wanted to control. But because of her illness and the way that life unfolded, she had to relinquish that control. My dad became my primary caregiver. We had a lot of support from my grandfather and my aunt. So like I was very much raised independently in like community style. Right. And when I was 15, I'd had enough of her distrust of me and a lot of like toxic, patriarchal, misogynistic things like, well, you can't just be out at 14 at the movies. Like, what are you wearing? Who are you with? Like, are you just out there like being a whore? And I was like, yo, I'm 14 years old. I'm going to the movies. I have a curfew. I text my dad. He drops me off. He picks me up. I'm always on time. Like I was a fucking golden child. I never did anything wrong. And yeah. I still always get this like berating of like, what are you doing? The world is bad. Like you're, I know you're up to something. And I was just right. like, a little kid can only take so much. And as you start to 
have the words and the, the intellect and the psychology of it all. At one point, I just told my dad, I was like, I can't handle this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not doing anything wrong. And this is like affecting my psyche. Like, I feel bad about myself. And at that point, were you just like going back and forth between houses? But you were, I mean, obviously your dad was your primary. So you were just seeing her like on the yeah. weekends or however yeah. however often. Yeah, and so, so maybe I'm- like her not having control over you while you were out and about, she just assumed the worst. Always. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I would stay at her house during the week and then the weekends at my dad, because at that point I was at high school and the high school was closer to her house. Mm. But then after the quinceanera, I was like, I have nothing else I like need to do right now with you. But like, I just want to enjoy being a fucking 15 year old. Yeah. Without having. So it wasn't you rebelling. You don't think like now, even looking back, you don't think it was even you being like, oh, my mom's just trying to like be, you know, strict. Like some will call someone, some, some women would call that just being strict. No, she was not strict. Like some of the things that she would say to me when I look back now as an adult, I'm like, you should never it's say so that inappropriate. to a 14 year old child. Yeah. Even, or I think I said turn 15 at that point. I'm 15 years old. I'm in like the adolescence. This is when your like self-esteem is building. You need support. You don't need somebody, especially your mother telling you that you might be these things or that you might be out there being, because like they're words in Spanish and I don't know the direct translation, but like, right. Anas de la puteria, like, right. de rogona. Um, right. But just, that was, but do you think that obviously their upbringing had everything to do with why, sure. you know, she is the way that she is? She was, she, they were, you know, four girls, but they always looked at her as almost like the male and, and her father treated her, her like, like the boy. Yeah. And so really toughened her up and she almost had to toughen up. So I wonder if that's also coming through as like a very male dominant, like, don't be a whore and like, don't, you know, like very, our I grandfather. It, yeah. It, there's a definite part of that, like masculine energy, but I think it was also like, not wanting me to maybe do or repeat mistakes that she might have made. Mm-hmm. She was in a toxic relationship with my brother's dad at like 18. She describes him like having raped her. And then they were like in a toxic relationship and she got pregnant with my brother. I think she was 18. And so I think seeing me become a woman and being like, you are very vulnerable to being taken advantage of. Right. And like projecting some of her fears, but Instead of protecting, she was pushing you away, really. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. she, I remember in eighth grade, she came to my, and by the way, you guys, I love my mom. Like, right. she's a wonderful human. This is great. But like, we every, all do. Yeah. But like, every parent has a thing where you're going to fuck up your kids. Like, I'm going to fuck up my kids in yes. some way and bring up some trauma. So, this is my experience. And it's happening. And we're talking about this because it's currently happening. happening. And so that's why it's just right. it brought up all of this. Yes. I'm singing in choir. And mind you, my mom was always late to everything. So she shows up and I'm like singing and we're like in the church. So it's Catholic church or Catholic school. And I see her walk in the back thing. Cause I'm like looking for her. Like when's my mom going to show up? She's yeah. late. She's wearing a red wig to spy on me at something that she was already supposed to come to. Stop. I swear to God. Like, it's not like it's like a, like a dance. Like, it's not like you're going to be grinding on, like, it's a choir. Like, what does she think you're going to do? Did she maybe not, maybe that was like a mistranslation. Like, maybe she thought it, you were, it was something else. So that, okay, sure. But she did that twice in eighth grade. Once, okay, there's... Was to the, once was to the choir performance. And then I look at her and I'm like, 
mortified. Wait, maybe she was maybe she was a backup dancer to my mom that day, and maybe, she came with her. But with it her wasn't wig. a blue wig; it was a red. Oh, shit! Wig. It was a red. Was... Wig. Oh no! Yeah. Then there was another time that she went to spy on me at the movies to make sure I wasn't being a hoe at the Bridge movie theater, um, and I saw her. And we were like, you know, in like eighth grade, you're just kind of like standing around in a circle and it's a co-ed group. And like, yes, of course, just being fucking awkward. Yes. You just stand there. Yeah. You yeah. stand there and talk and like, you're learning how to talk to boys and like, be yes. okay. I'm literally doing nothing. And I see her cause I see somebody and like, you know me, I'm always checking my surroundings. Uh-huh. I'm like looking and I see her and I'm like, <gasps> was she in a wig? Yeah. In the, in the same fucking red wig. <laughs> oh my God god and so every time she would try to spy on me and catch me in something i was literally doing nothing so like i never got in trouble i never got caught doing anything bad the red wig why did you ever ask her like what is wrong with you no (laughs) she would freaking slap the shit out of you so then it then it like just like it was an accumulation of stuff 15 stopped talking to her I ended up getting a boyfriend at that time. And then, which like, is I, why she wanted to spy on you, probably. Yep. Um, and then that didn't help the cause. I think I turned like close to 16. It was like a good chunk of time I didn't talk to her. And was she like, I don't remember this. Did she just like, was she like pinging you all the time? Like, hey, what's happening? I, think like, I just told my dad, like, I need you to protect me right now because, like, this isn't good for me. Like I need to focus on school and like volleyball and like being a kid. Yeah. And like, this is not. And she just like, let you be like, she just never contacted I just, you. I think I told her, I was like, I just don't want to see you. Like, I, I need time away from you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I don't want to go to your house. I'm old enough now to make my own decisions. Like, I don't want to visit you. I don't I like don't remember this. this. I don't. And then how long did that last for? I, I want to I say it was six months. It might have been shorter, but. But you felt like enough time had passed and then you started reaching out to her again. And then it was like, okay, now time is like, you respect me a little bit more. Yeah. Like, I'm a grown up. You can't just fucking spy on me and like, yeah, like I'm an idiot. We should, by the way, just like sneak up on them when they're out and about with the red wig. We should just come with red oh, wigs and be like, "What are you doing, Rona? Puta, puta, puta." Oh, uh, and so yeah. are you having those feelings again now of just like I need to like distance myself from you? Um, well, this week I had that feeling, but up and like in going back to the book that I was reading about doing the work, it's like. I didn't realize, so when I think of somebody having trust issues, I think of you being suspicious of everybody or not trusting somebody off the bat. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like immediately you meet somebody and you're like, I don't trust you. You have to prove you have to earn your trust. Yeah. I'm pretty much the opposite. I give everybody a hundred percent trust until you show signs of it. And then even then I'm still pretty forgiving, but I've realized that my trust issues are in or manifest as independence. Okay. So I don't trust that you will do the things that I need in order to be taken care of. So I will just take care of everything. Mm. And you think that stems from your parents' relationships even or no? Not so much relationships. It's definitely mom and dad. Like mom and dad were busy with their own divorce, their own trauma. My mom was busy with her own health issues. I'm pretty sure my dad has Asperger's. He's busy with like just the day-to-day of like how his brain is configured. Right, right. Like I constantly was managing up my parents all the time. Right. Mom, I've got a thing. Mom, don't be late. Dad, sign this paper. Dad, tuition's due. I've got volleyball practice today at 5.30. Make sure you pick me up by Right, you were just constantly like, yeah, managing them. Constantly managing. And so now- I'm realizing that I don't trust my parents mm-hmm. because there was plenty of times when I needed them to parent me. And that right. doesn't mean like disciplinary, but like to yeah. be taken care of, but they were busy right. with their own things right? or I needed them to model healthy boundaries and they both lack that. Mm-hmm. So there was constant things where I would watch my mom draw a boundary with my brother who's an addict and not fulfill it. Right. So I learned that when mom says something, it's not actually true because Jimmy She'll, can just right. get manipulated and walked all over. So right. learning to draw healthy boundaries in my own relationships, both like romantic and friendships was like wishy-washy. Like, but it also makes me the other way because I'm so true to my word and I get pissed off when people don't keep their word. Right. So what, I'm assuming you talked to your therapist about this? I haven't actually talked to her about this particular topic yet. Because how, how do you, I mean, I know you're very, very self-aware. So it's like, but do you still feel like you hold resentment towards them? Yeah. I learned to forgive my parents at a very young age. Cause I realized that at one point your parents were the age they're at now. Right. Like at one point they were 18 years old, had no idea what they were doing at one age. They were 23 years old, had no idea what they were doing. And like, right at every age, I'm like, no, but no parent knows what they're doing. They're just human. Exactly. Like I, I've forgiven them for everything, but that doesn't mean that the effects of what occurred has, does not have impact, right? Like there's still consequences of my upbringing and but things that are happening, like, you know, in real time, are you getting upset with it? Are you understanding by it? Are you like, how are you, how are you dealing with it in real time? Yeah. So this week my mom said something cause I had entrusted her with how I was feeling and she just got upset and threw it in my face and said like the world's meanest things that you don't say to your daughter. And I was pissed and I was hurt. I don't know if I've forgiven her for it yet, mm-hmm. but it's again, one of those things where going to like back to narcissism is that I'm going through my own shit and somehow it gets turned into her shit. Right. When it's like, like, all you wanted is support. Have you just told her that? Have you been like, mom, I just want you to love me and support me. Like, that's all I need from you. No. Maybe you should. Sorry. Zippy says agreeing with you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She's like, Um, like maybe it's as simple as that. Maybe it's not 
always having a response, always having, maybe it's as simple as like, like channeling almost like your inner child of like, what does the child need? The child needs love and support. Yeah. I just need you to, yeah. But then again, it's me managing up. I have to tell you how to be a good parent. I know, but maybe put that aside for a second and just be like, I just, this is just what I need. And if you can't give that to me, then maybe we should just like, I don't know, not like skip, not like take a step back, but just give each other a little time to yeah, breathe. I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at right now where I'm just like, I'm really pissed. Mm -hmm. And it sucks to have somebody that you love and then be like, oh, I can't trust you. And you just proved to me. Why? Yeah. We've had these issues. This is why I don't tell everybody everything because I am afraid that people will throw it back in my face. Right. Which I think, you know, that that's not true. I mean, like people that love you, I love you. My sisters love you, yeah. you know? Um, it just sucks when it ha- when it comes from like you're the sole person that's supposed to be like your protector right? in this, in this physical world. Right. Yeah. So um although yeah yeah, go ahead no no go ahead (laughs) i was just saying like imagine the parents that molest their own kids oh my god the parents that you know cause major physical harm and traumas and killed their children it's like you had one job and it was to protect these kids you know and it's just it's so it's so disgusting and it's so heartbreaking. Obviously, I'm t- that's nothing compared to your mom. I'm just saying that, like, yeah. sometimes it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. And that's fine. But I'm, like, actually learning to be upset about things instead mm-hmm. of just, again, no healthy boundaries, right? Like, in the past, I'd be like, oh, whatever. My mom's just being... Oh, just being my mom. Yeah. yeah, just being my mom and I'll just ignore it because, oh, poor her. And But now I'm like, no, this is not fucking okay. I'm not okay with this. And I yeah. shouldn't have to put up with it. And it's okay to voice that, like, this is a boundary of mine I don't want crossed. If you're going right. to behave like this, I can't engage with you. But I I'm need to be treated... It just with- took 35 years, but I'm, <laughs> I'm proud of you for... Yeah. Yeah, for it's- saying then, speaking up. You can't talk to your daughter like this. It doesn't matter that you're first generation American and you went through all this trauma as a kid. Then go to fucking therapy and deal with it. Don't keep projecting it on to the next generation. It's yeah. not okay. And oh God. I was having this conversation with Joanna, who is one of our good friends, and she's also similar to us. Her parents are from the Philippines and they had horrific, you know, things happen to them too. And like, we always will talk about our parents because we feel like, we're the new generation that is trying to fix all of the traumas that we've inherited and right. the, the cultural negative um, habits. Mm-hmm. And so I texted her that night that my mom pissed me off and she, you know, we're like psychoanalyzing it all. And she was like, can we just make a promise to each other that if we ever witness one of, one of us being this way to our own children, like we'll slap each other. And I was like, absolutely. Like, yeah, <laughs> please fucking call me out. Yeah. Because I think maybe like you do start to change a little bit when you get older, you know, (laughs) I think when you start to get older, you're like, I I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I just, I hope we don't become our parents in like the best way possible. Um, Right. Again, sorry, mom. But like, you know, you want part, you want parts of them, the good parts, obviously, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like the older people get like, they get get budgety and yeah. I can't imagine talking to somebody that I birthed and being mean to them. 
on purpose. Oh, I mean to Piper all the time. <laughs> no, I know. I know what you're saying. Um, like if I deserved it, sure. No, I know. I know what you're saying. I don't know. And then a part of me, yeah, that I, a part of me feels bad for her that it's like she's just dealing and doesn't know how to process her own trauma. And she's just totally projecting that on you. Right. And, and she, she just needs her. a lot of help. I know. Yeah. It's really so bad. Yeah. But we're not the only ones. Um, do you follow Fierce Me Too on Instagram? I don't think so. Well, here's a plug for them. Um, but they have all these like memes about being first generation Latinas and they like post things. And one of the things they posted recently was like, it's okay to draw healthy boundaries with your parents or like, there's a, there's a culture of like the females in a Latin family do everything and the boys don't have to do anything. Yeah. So it's like something like, it's okay. Like that you're mad that at 14 years old, you had to call and do the translating, even though you had no idea about <laughs> right. anything. like all of these things that are very normal in first generation particularly Latino households where it's like, you're doing all of these things and there's survival mechanisms and we don't realize them until we're older. And we're like, dude, that's some fucked up shit. Yeah. But then in a way, that's also what's breeded all these multimillionaires because these are the ones that at fucking 14 years old that having to, you know, translate yeah. shit and call and, and do the bills and pay this and learn about mortgages and, and learn about, you know, real estate. It's like, well, in a way- yeah, in a way, it's like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's sort of part of the cycle. And then guess what? And then that third generation that doesn't have to do those fucking calls at 14, and they're just out fucking just, you know, yeah, living the best yeah. life at 14 and shopping, then they end up ruining the business. Yeah. <laughs> and that's but, why. But it is interesting. So I'm my, okay, el abuelo Joaquin, la abuela Maria my dad and me. So I'm fourth generation and I don't think I'm fucking anything up. Yeah, you're definitely not. So maybe it's like third generation gets screwed over and then the ones after that can redeem themselves. Mm, I think it just depends. <laughs> I mean, I think sometimes even second generation, depending on how big the wealth is, they yeah. ruin it and they spend all the money. They don't know how to reinvest it. They don't know enough about the business. I have one particular friend who. His parents were, he's first generation, parents came when they were like, I think in their 20s, had zero money, ended up investing in commercial real estate, are now massive. And they've now had the kids involved. He's probably a little older than me. He's probably 40, in his 40s. But he has now, I mean, probably quadrupled their money and investments and now is part owner of the Kings and is now in investing in movies. And like he invested in Oppenheimer, like he's everywhere now. So yeah. he's, I feel like an anomaly to so many that don't know how to reinvest and, you know, be smart with, with money. Or is that just like parents that learned? But he also saw the struggle of his parents and what they came, you know, how he was raised. He was little and he didn't have money, you know, and then he saw his parents gain that wealth. I don't know. Maybe it's like, I don't, I don't, but they're also Indian. So maybe it's like, a, again, a cultural thing. They're all very close. Yeah. He ended up buying the complex that they first lived in when they had That's no so money. Cool. And That's he literally so cool. was like surprised them. And he's like, here you go. Now you yeah. own it. Yeah. Like, oh my God, to be able to do that, huh? Yeah. That is Man. really cool. But they must be good parents. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. I don't, and not to say that our parents aren't good parents. I know, parents, I'm kidding. Right? Like, I think that is one thing that I don't think people can, I don't think people put these pieces together where you can have fucked, 
fucked up shit happen to you in your childhood and still have had a good childhood. You can have parents who did fucked up shit and still have amazing parents. Totally. I love but, my parents. I wouldn't trade them for the world. Me neither. Yeah. I think they're fucking rock stars. Yeah. Also some shit I didn't love. <laughs> yeah, totally. There's absolutely moments like we talked about. And I, and again, we're going to be the same thing. Our yes. kids are going to be like, oh my God, my mom was so embarrassing. My mom oh my was God. Selling. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it's, it's, it's all part, part of it. It is. Everyone's going to totally have trauma of, of some sort. But I wish that the older generation would just like, accept that as a thing, you know? Yeah. Instead of being like, no, well, you're so soft. You're like, suck it up. Yeah. I know. I get that. All right. Should we move on to something more lighthearted? Like yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Um, so Bradley and I celebrated our six year anniversary. Oh my God. Already? I know. And we, we sort of like, we had to look back in our photos of when our six year was because we didn't have a date because we're not married. So it's, normally you celebrate your wedding anniversary. Yeah. But for us, it was like, well, you never officially asked me to be your girlfriend. It's and a I weird thing. When you guys were like, all of a sudden you're like, we're moving in together. And I was like, wait, what? I know. <laughs> I, like, I didn't even know you were official. <laughs> I know it took, it took us a while. Yeah. I don't know. That whole thing was very weird. It was. The fact That's that we're still I... together is like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, you're still dating that Riley guy? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you got engaged? Yeah, exactly. So I had to look, I had to scroll back. I found our first date because I, I, I took a selfie, of course. Thank God for that selfie. Because yep. um, I wanted to show my sisters what I was wearing on my date. And that's how I knew. I'm like, oh, that's our yep. first date. I'm like, so that's going to be our anniversary. So it's July 28th. Um, Oh. So Riley, we have like a little uh, a little tradition now. We eat caviar on our oh, on our um, anniversary. So he took us to this place called Knife and Pleat at South Coast Plaza, and it's like the only fancy ish restaurant here in Orange County. And so they got like a Michelin star or something. Fancy ish so, for Riley's taste. Yeah, and for Orange County. Okay. Well, yeah, because it got like a Michelin. Like, no, we don't really have Michelin in Orange County. Yeah, it's like I, Mastro's I mean, is like, you yeah. know, fancy, but yeah. like, this is, this is like, you know, we don't, they don't have white tablecloths, but it would be like a white tablecloth kind of moment. It's yeah. very like high end. So, um, so we went to, we went to, we dropped off Hyper at school and then we went and had lunch there and I didn't know, but they had this whole CBD lunch Oh, and it was like a whole prefixed menu. Um, and basically it was like CBD infused so that you're like, you're going to pretty much like not get high at the end of the meal, but you know, feel loosey goosey and relaxed. Um, so that was interesting. So we ended up doing it and I really didn't feel like I felt any different. I mean, it was like, it was pretty pricey. It was like 200 bucks per person. Well, yeah. Cause CBD doesn't have any THC in it. It's just like for the yeah. anti-inflammatory benefits. Right. And then, but then, you know what the annoying part is, is that like, oh, this is going to either give you energy or relax you. And it's like, fucking pick one. Like what? Like that's where I'm like, how is, oh no, no. He, he, he went to Riley's pen. He goes, this is going to give you energy and you're going to feel this. And then on the same dropper, same fucking thing. He goes to mine. He goes, you're going to feel really relaxed and really like, but, and, and Riley was like, wait, so what? Uh, <laughs> we're going to feel different things with the same like droplet it's just weird um but i did yeah. end up taking like the best nap afterwards okay. so maybe i did feel it i was very tired so maybe it maybe it actually was okay. or it was the champagne i don't know i can't really bit of both bit of both did you bang um, it out after because that always causes a nap feeling. did we what did you bang it out after no oh it was like midday 
That's a we're not really midday or banger outers. That's right. You guys are morning people. <laughs> no, we're like nighttime people. Nighttime people. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes in the morning, but it's yeah. very, very rare. And it has to be like before the sun really, really comes up. Yeah. Because then it's awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's funny. You know, now we're talking. You know what? Let's just save this for after dark. Let's save this for a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> but stick around. Guys, we're, we're out of time. But um, we're going to keep the conversation going on Patreon. Um, that's thank you for being here. I love you. Love You're you. always very open and honest and educated. And um, <laughs> we just love having you on. Um, but everybody, go check out Patreon for part dos. Part Bye. two. Thanks, guys. Bye. Remember, stay humble and stay hungry. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.